Hey everybody, I'm Andy Ostroy. Welcome into the back room. He's an enemy of the state. You want to know the truth? The enemy of the state is him and the group that control him, which is circling around him. Do this, do that, Joe. You're going to do this, Joe, right? He's talking about President Joe Biden. Here's another clip. Last week, weirdo, he's a weirdo, Mark Zuckerberg came to the White House, kissed my ass. Kissed my ass. Sir, I'd love to have dinner. Sir, I'd love to have dinner. I'd love to bring my lovely wife. All right, Mark, come on in. Sir, you're number one on Facebook. I'd like to congratulate you. Oh, thank you very much, Mark. I appreciate it. That was Trump at a rally last week. Um, first of all, Joe Biden is not the enemy of the state. That's you, buddy. Okay. But the, 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 the more interesting clip was the one about Zuckerberg. You know, the, the MAGAs, you know, they called Joe Biden Sleepy Joe. Uh, old Joe, senile Joe, he's lost his mental faculties, he shouldn't be president, there's something wrong with him. Donald Trump still thinks he's in the fucking White House. <laughs> I mean, he, he thinks he was there last week and Mark Zuckerberg came over and kissed his ass. Like, dude, you have not been in the White House since uh, January of 2021 and you need to have that shit checked out whatever that is that causes you to think you were there last week um i mean this guy is the delusion but but where's the outrage the outcry the concern oh my god donald trump no trump 24 trump 24 anyway uh, been kind of a crazy week, huh, guys? I'm sitting here with the inimitable and irreplaceable Maddie Rosenberg and Jen Hamoud. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, nutty week. It was a lot of news. A lot of news. A lot of news. A lot of, a lot of queen news. I mean, I'm overdosing on, on cable queen coverage, if I may say that. Is that okay to say? Yeah. I mean, that was a big, that was a big story. That kind of squashed almost every other story yesterday. Yeah. Uh, white privilege. White privilege tends to do that. <laughs> it, it's true. I mean, she really did see the demise of the British Empire. I mean, she came in and Winston Churchill was the prime minister and she left with Liz Doofus as prime minister. <laughs> you know, look, I I love a good old grandma as much as anybody. You know, um, she seemed like a sweet lady. She was very well liked, and uh, it's very sad that she died. Although she'd lived a very long and uh, uh, fulfilling, full life. Um, but there's a guy I can't remember his name. He was on on Rick Rick somebody he was on one of the cable networks yesterday. Yeah, she does have a kind of an interesting past, you know. And uh, if you go back to uh, the days of the formation of apartheid and, and South Africa and just, you know, I think Americans kind of need to remember that, you know, that kind of monarchistic uh, rule is what we uh, f- escaped from and fought against to create America. So, you know, I'm all for throwing the queen her props, but, you know, I think we need to keep the other stuff in perspective too. And the fact that, you know, the monarchy uh as we've seen in the last couple of years can be a little you know bigoted you know that kind of stuff um so you know i think it needs to perspective is important anyway that's all i'm gonna say on the queen i don't know if you guys have anything else you mm-hmm. want to add on that? no no charles is in place now the king 
You know, you know, look, you know that Donald Trump was the, the first thing that went through that maniac's mind yesterday when he heard that the queen died was like, fuck, Charles gets to be king. I, he put out a tweet pretending to be best friends with the queen as well. Or yeah, not a well, tweet, the, a truth, whatever the hell it is. Yeah, well, him and Melania put out a statement, which I don't care who you are. You can't look at that tweet, that, that statement, and, and think that either of them wrote any of that. Um, but I just was surprised, uh, uh, not surprised. I was just thinking like, man, he must be going, God damn it. I want to be King. I want to be King. I, I was impressed. Actually. I always skim through ABC evening news cause it's the most watched evening news. And I feel like most people who watch TV news get their news from that, the, the largest viewership. And they managed to do the queen story and cover all the different presidents that met with her and did not mention Trump or show an image of Trump with the queen on the entire newscast. Well, do you remember that clip of him walking with the queen (laughs) and he kept walking in In front of her her, and then like he stopped and she'd go behind him to the left and he'd go to the left. I mean, it was the most awkward thing I've ever seen in my life. And uh, I tweeted that yesterday because it's like it's it was worth bringing back. He had such respect for her. As he does everyone. So the, the big issue I want to talk about before we get to our guest today, who is Stephanie Grisham. Very excited to talk with Stephanie about her uh, days on the Trump crazy train. Um, this whole special master situation, uh, I'm going to try to just very, very, very briefly summarize what's going on. Donald Trump basically said, hey, a lot of those documents are mine. And everything's got to stop until somebody special comes in. More special than the Department of Justice and the FBI to look at these documents because I think they're mine. And every legal analyst that I heard on television for a week or two was like, there's no way the judge is going to grant a special master. It's inappropriate. It's out of her jurisdiction. Uh, There's just no reason for it. Special masters are only assigned in cases of uh, attorney-client privilege, blah, 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 blah. Well, guess what happened? Judge Aileen Cannon down in Florida, a Trump appointee, she granted the special master, which in effect stops the investigation into Donald Trump, just stops it, just shuts it cold. And so for about a week or so, everybody was wondering, is the Department of Justice going to appeal? And lo and behold, uh, yesterday they filed not one, but two motions to appeal. Uh, 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 of the appeal. I'm sorry, one motion to appeal, but another very shrewd motion uh, to Judge Cannon herself, basically saying, you done fucked up, unfuck it up. And you got a week, or we're going to appeal to the 11th Circuit Court. And the reason she screwed up, without getting very technical here as a a non-lawyer, But the reason she screwed up is that she lumped everything together, classified documents, non-classified documents. And what the the Department of Justice is trying to do is to get her to separate out the classified part. And why are they asking her to do that? Because no classified documents ever are supposed to leave the White House, number one. And number two, they don't belong to anyone but the American people the United States government. So to have somebody come in to look at classified documents to determine which ones belong to Trump, 
is ridiculous. It's just, it's an error. It's, a, it's a, an egregious mistake and misuse of the law. So it was a terrible, bad, terribly bad decision. Um, uh, and so by separating them out, the investigation can continue. So there's no way that classified documents should be uh, part of this. Um, and also classified documents will never be part of executive privilege. They'll never be part of attorney-client privilege. And so very shrewdly, the Department of Justice has put her on the spot. Now, just judges hate to admit they're wrong, right? Um, and so it's not certain what she's going to do. But she does know that if she does not carve out the classified part, that the Department of Justice will file an appeal, uh, which they've written the brief already, uh, to the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals. <clears throat> and again, every legal expert says there's no way that her ruling will hold up. They could be, but they could be wrong again. But if it goes to the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals, it's not going to a judge who I think is like 37 years old, has no experience, has, I mean, literally was appointed at the last minute by Trump to a lifetime appointment. She is not just unqualified, but she uh, might even be biased. So there is a really, really strong, I think 99% chance this thing would be overturned. That's a general belief, although with the caveat that of the 11 judges on the circuit, six of them were Trump appointed on the appellate. Right. But it's it, it, but but at that point, there's a conversation amongst people. And uh, I haven't looked at the the qualifications of those people, but I'm I'm certain they have way more qualifications than this single judge uh, who apparently Trump went fishing for this particular judge. That's what appears to be the yeah. case. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But, you know, it fits into Trump's strategy of always looking to stall and delay and, you know, and that's been his tactic, his, his you know, MO for, for decades. And he just seems to get people somehow to support that and enable that. Yes. And I think one other important point of their response was to point out that she is hindering national security investigation because she tried to separate national security from criminal investigation. And the only uh, agency that can do that is the FBI. There is no other agency tasked with doing both criminal and national security. So by hindering the FBI, she's basically put a stop to any investigation into where we might be compromised. And that's one of their big points that yeah. I think she's going to have to expedite. That's a, that's a great point, Maddie. And so th that's another reason why there's a strong likelihood that this will be overturned. So hopefully she's going to bow to the pressure uh, realize that her inexperience, I mean, I don't think she would say this publicly, but it, it's really her inexperience that made her make this mistake. Yeah, I mean, it seems clear that, you know, people in the federal society who become judges want to be appointed to the next level, and the district court is the lowest level of federal court, and then she would go to the appellate division, and by kowtowing to Trump, that assures you, should he ever be in power again, that you're going to be on the appellate court. But it seems to me that she should have probably just punted this and said that she didn't have jurisdiction and she would have sort of secured maybe not being destroyed in her reputation among the Federalist lunatics 
but at the same time sort of let this go to somewhere else because it really should be in a Washington court. Yeah, well, she, you know, she's to me, she's no different than anybody else in his orbit who is drunk on greed and power. And, you know, look, uh, two minutes ago, I said the name Aileen, Aileen, whatever it is, Cannon, right? A week ago, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, nobody knew who the hell this woman was. Now she's like one of the most noted uh, judges in, in, in America. So I think it's, you know, uh, I mean, look, you know, we had the mooch on last week and he was very honest about, you know, look, I'm a kid from Long Island. Now I'm in the Oval Office, right? I mean, I think the proximity to power corrupts people in ways that you or I, even you, Jen, um, that's impossible. <laughs> can't fathom. I mean, if you have a core, if you have principles, if someone said to me, oh, wait, the owner of this store just went to the bathroom and the cash register is open, take the money. She'll know, she won't see. I won't do it because I have principles. You're a mensch. You're a I mensch. am a mensch among menches. Um, thank you for mentioning that. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, you have to have some kind of core so that just when, when opportunity and power comes in front of you you don't grab it at the expense of everything that you should believe in and so i think i hate to say it but i think that's what what happened with her you know she's like paying him back because of what you just said maddie like you know god two years from now i could be you know five ten years from now i could be sitting on the supreme court i mean thankfully there have been multiple Trump judges that have ruled against him. Yes. So it isn't guaranteed, which is which is a good feeling. But yeah, no, I don't worry about that. I mean, you look at Chris Ray at the FBI. He's a Trump appointee. Like, it's it's not automatic that, you know, uh, people in him in his orbit bow, bow to the king. Uh, it's just the—I mean, if you look at it, like, you know, with Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates and, like, that level of people— it's usually the younger, completely unqualified um, people who n- they know when they walked into the room they don't belong there. So daddy's going to take care of them. So well, let's protect daddy. Well, strangely, she isn't the least qualified judge that he appointed. She does have like some semblance of qualifications academic-wise and otherwise. Yeah, but she's never been, she's never written anything. She's never introduced anything. She's never spoken anywhere. Like she just has no public, which judge, you know, public persona, public trail that most judges have, you know. It's like uh, being a, a, a doctor after a certain number of years, you know, you, you become, you write medical reports, you write articles that are published in the New England Journal of Medicine, the yada, yada, yada. So um, something's going on there, but hopefully this is going to correct itself because for the in- investigation to just be completely shut down is, you know, it could take months and months and months and months and months to, to get back on track. And we don't, we don't have that kind of time. Anyway, let's, uh, let's get to our guest, Stephanie Grisham. She is a, a New York Times bestselling author of the book, I'll Take Your Questions Now, What I Saw in the Trump White House. Uh, she is most noted, notable for um, serving in the Trump administration. She served as uh, White House press secretary and director of communications for both the president, Donald Trump, and his first lady, Melania Trump. She's the only person in history 
was held three senior roles at once while representing both the East and West Wings. Stephanie, welcome into the back room. Thank you for having me. So a couple of things before we really get into it. I want to establish why uh, I wanted to interview you today. And that was because I personally do appreciate and respect people who are coming forward uh, whenever they come forward uh, to sort of join arms in, in combating Trump and Trumpism which is a serious threat to this country. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean I excuse what people have done in the past. Doesn't mean that it doesn't upset me what people have done or didn't do in the past. But I think the more productive uh, approach for all of us is to lock arms when our national security and our uh, democracy is, has been threatened like no time in our history. And so that's the only thing that matters. And, and sometimes I get, uh, like for example, Liz Cheney and, and Kinzinger, like I'm very supportive of, of these guys. And I get people saying to me like, yeah, but, but Liz Cheney is, is a, you know, she's anti-abortion. I'm like, that's not important right now. <laughs> like, and I give the, ana- right I give now, the analogy, right, right. like if, if your house is robbed, right, last week, a week later, you're in a dark alley and five guys are beating the crap out of you. And the robber walks by and offers to help you. Are you going to say, no, get away. You, you robbed my house last week. Like in that moment, it's like whoever's going to stand up and defend you and, and what you believe in. That's what's important. Um, and also, I think you and I talked a little bit offline a, a week or so ago about, you know, the need to pr- make sure that this, does, this kind of thing doesn't happen again. So I think it's important to you know, not talk, not just talk about what 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 we do moving forward, but to sort of peel away the onion a little bit to help understand how it happened the first time. So I do appreciate you coming on. Agreed. I think you are, I think you're very brave in what you do. Not just coming on with me, um, but all the media hits that you do, uh, because there's there's a lot of people that were in your shoes who aren't doing that. I mean, those, there's a lot of people who. They're not even answering subpoenas, let alone go on MSNBC. Yeah. <laughs> so um, when people decide that it's time to, to flip, that's all that matters to me. So again, thank you for coming on. Appreciate what you're doing. Keep doing it. Uh, we're all, all in this particular thank fight you. together. Uh, thank you. And I've never been called a robber before, so... I'm going to remember that. That's that was nah, such a good you know analogy. the analogy. It, w- it was almost worse. I mean, you, you use your imagination. I could have. I could have made it a lot worse. But um, absolutely. Uh, before we get into uh, the main conversations, uh, we here in the back room like to start off with something really important, which is to understand whether someone is a cat or a dog person. So, what are you? Oh, dog. Wow, I had you dog. as cat. I, got- I would have put all my money on cat. No, well, I did. It's funny. I just rescued a kitten and um, she's around here somewhere. And um, I'm not a cat person wow. at all. But this cat. What do you got against cats? Yeah, no, I've what, got what, two French. I'm nothing. I just grew up with no cats. I mean, I've kind of fallen in love with this little kitten. So you have a so, kitten now? But uh, right now, I just, I rescued are her. Are you fostering or are you so keeping? So she was a. I'm, I bet I end up keeping. It's going to be like a foster fail because. And now I've grown wow, attached to Wow, that's great. It. And what... But I've got uh, I've got two French bulldogs, and I've got an English bulldog who is God, you're paralyzed. blazing through Europe. He's uh, got... Yeah. 
he's um he's paralyzed so he's a diapered dog and he can't move his back oh, legs wow. at all so yeah that's sad when they when yeah. they get sick and they get old and that's the problem with dogs i love dogs well, he, but like they have such a short lifespan you know all things oh, all things considered <laughs> not yeah. to be debbie downer but uh I have two dogs, one of whom is the greatest dog ever, and the other is not. Uh, My my little dog, actually, I I truly believe is a Trump supporter. Um, He's MAGA all the way. I don't know if you remember that Saturday Night Live skit they did a few years ago where they put a cat, like a thing on a dog, and it read its brain, and the dog was a total Trumpster. Like, it's time to ban We got to ban Muslims. That's my dog. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the whole time we were in the White House, I didn't watch yeah, SNL. And, I, I and then my older it, dog, so. my my other dog, is just the most amazing dog. And now he's like nine, and I'm really starting to think, oh, my God, he's he doesn't have a lot of time left. And it just makes me very sad. So, whatever. But I get it. But when he I goes, I'll, you know, hey, there are people that, you know, when your dog dies, they, you know, it takes them years to, like, get over. Like, to me, when my dog dies, the next day I'm getting another dog. What? Oh, no, not me. And my two Frenchies are the same way. My one dog is the best dog ever. And my other one, my little girl, she's a mess. She's a mess. But no, I I would never. I'll be that person who takes forever to get over so, it. So, I, I, okay, now I have to ask you because I'm, I'm reading your shirt. Is your, okay. Are you wearing something that says, I really don't care? No, no. I'm kidding. No. I tease. It's a no. Okay. <laughs> no. That would have been that would have been funny. I do have a jacket like that. I have I have a jacket that says um, "All You Need Is Love" on the back. It's a replica, but it says "All You Need Is Love," and I wore it to a Justin Bieber concert. You should donate to that to to your old pal uh, Melania. Let her wear that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think she'd take it. So, speaking of Melania, the first thing I want to ask you, I I think, (laughs) is probably going to be something no one else has asked you. Okay. And it's oh, been something okay. I have been waiting five years to find out and ask you. Okay, one, I've had a lot of highs and lows in my life. Anybody who wants to Google me can see why. But uh, one of the highs of my life was going viral five years ago with a tweet. It was so much fun. It went everywhere. It was Jimmy Fallon's opening monologue bid. It was on Daily Show, every news organization. And what it was, on May 2nd, 2017, I was sitting on my couch one night, and I decided to take that famous video where Melania is standing behind Donald at, I think, the inauguration, maybe. And he turns around and looks at her, and she's, like, smiling. And then when he turns back, she scowls like she hates him. I took that video and I yes. said, it looks like the only wall Donald Trump has built is the one between him and Melania. My phone ah. blew up because a minute later, Melania herself liked my tweet. It was only the second tweet she ever made. The first one was when she joined Twitter and said, hey, everybody, I'm on Twitter. And she liked her own tweet. This was the second tweet. I looked at my phone. I could not believe it. It went nuts. 45 minutes later, her like came down. You were her communications director at the time. You have to have been involved in that. Tell me what happened. Yeah. Did she like that tweet? Did you like that tweet? Who liked that tweet? End it now. Tell the world. I... Oh, <laughs> I didn't like that tweet. She actually, 
um, she did a lot of her own Twitter. Like she scrolls through Twitter a lot. Um, she had it on her phone, obviously. And some, she did it another time. I forget why, but sometimes when she would be scrolling, she'd like something. And Melania Trump, which I've said this a million times, she keeps track of everything that is said about her. There would be times she would tell me things were happening and I'd be like, what are you talking about? And I'd have to dig really deep to find it. So she liked it by accident. And I don't think she realized she liked it. And then I called and said, hey, you liked this tweet. And she unliked it. It's mind boggling to me that that happened. Because my first thought was, and I think a lot of people could understand this, just seeing the dynamic of their relationship, or at least the public dynamic of their relationship. My first thought was, they just had a big fight, and she's fucking pissed, and she's going to show him. Because there's no other explanation. No. There's no other explanation. No, Either that, she, she's dumb. Just, is she dumb? Like, how does she read that and go, I like not, that? I, no, she didn't like, but she, she scrolls with her finger and she would hit things sometimes. Yeah, we all it scroll was, through our fingers. But like, I mean, the first lady of the United States sees a tweet that says her and her husband are fighting and she likes it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I wish I could say it was because she has this great sense of humor, um, but it was, that's truly what it was. I have no reason to defend her now. I know it's not a very fun answer, but that's No, I, that's I was, I mean, I had a, my daughter who's now n- almost 19, I guess she was like 14 at the time, because I, I, I couldn't believe, I actually had to check her, just make sure it was the right account, like something, it's got to be a hack or something. And my daughter looked at me, she goes, Dad. Do you know what you just did? <laughs> it was crazy. I mean, I have never seen a phone explode. I hear about it all the time. Like my phone blew up, the internet blew up. It, it what my phone was like. The, I mean, it was insane. <laughs> and then what happened is, I'm sure you remember, over the next couple of days, it was just it was everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, thank you for that. Uh, yeah, I well, I that. thank you for that. I thank Melania for that. Uh, well, it's good to know that. Uh, uh, you know, people always say to me, like, you know what? Why do you tweet? No one gives a shit what you have to say. No one reads it. I was like, all right, first of all, the entire Trump family, Donald, Eric, Melania. Uh, I'm sorry, Donald, Eric, Jr., um, and uh, 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 Ivana. Ivanka. 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 They all Ivanka. blocked me. Okay. So I was like, all right, somebody's listening, right? Um huh? Actually, Michael Cohen was the first of the Trumpsters to block me, and he told all his followers to block this asshole. Um, but then that thing with Melania happened. I was like, they're seeing it. It's, it's Twitter to me is unbelievable. It is an unbelievable medium. For some people who know how to use it, it's great. Other people get in serious trouble doing it. But it's, isn't it kind of crazy what Twitter does and in, how it brings people together in some ways and it can separate people if you don't use it right but it, I mean, what's your thought on twitter you're on twitter a lot yeah yeah if if it's used <sighs> properly i think i think it's incredible it's incredible because of the news that you can get but also for me personally lately um i actually respond to i don't know more than half of um the people who say fuck off to me all the time so i i try to actually respond and engage with people to say, 
fair enough. You know, I get it. You hate me, but this is, you know, and I kind of explained some things and I've actually ended up turning some people and having really great conversations <clears throat> or hearing from them privately. So for me, that's the, the way I'm using it right now. So I think it can be used in incredible ways, but man, it's also such it a can be a, it can be. I, I get, I get a lot of hate stuff too. And I was telling Mooch a couple weeks ago that the stuff that's the most vile, I always go to the bio of the people who sent it. And usually the first thing they say is love Jesus, Christian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or yeah. dad or mom. <laughs> it's like, and it's like, what are you yeah, teaching your kids? What? Cause same thing. I do the same thing. And if it's really vile, I'll take screenshots and, and I'll put it out there. Well, I think it's um, interesting that people to try do to shame. come around to you because I, I think when people do have the ability to have a one-on-one, -on -one, uh, especially with someone who infamously or notably had, had been in the public eye for something that, you know, now they say is a mis it was a huge mistake. I think people do realize that we all make mistakes. And the more you can talk to somebody one-on-one -on -one and understand what they do or why they do it, the, the easier it is to get over that, that toxicity and that wall that exists. But so speaking of that, I, I, you know, looking back at your, your career, around tw 2012, you worked for Mitt Romney. Then you actually did some uh, freelance stuff for the Pope, okay, the Pope. Yeah, and then you yeah, saw yeah, the Trump crazy train, tr the, the Trump trolley <clears throat> go by, and you decided you needed to be on that. Why? Well, so it's, I worked also after the Pope, I did, I worked for the AG in Arizona. And then after that, I worked for the House of Representatives. Um, and at the time, the leadership in the House of Representatives in Arizona was very conservative. And so, um, I got into that mindset and I actually was doing stuff for a few of the different candidates um, who I can't even remember half their names now, but I had done something for a couple things for Scott Walker, for uh, Ben Carson, um, and I was about to do something for Rubio and a friend called me and just said, will you do the advance for Donald Trump? I know this is crazy, but will you just do it? And I thought, oh, cool. My best friend and I love The Apprentice. So I was like, cool, I'll see Donald Trump. I mean, I truly did think it was kind of a joke, but cool opportunity to see him and we did the the rally and it was it was huge i was blown away truly by how packed the place was and he was so you know likable and he said things that you know oh here's that kitten um he said oh. things that went against convention yeah um and he was he spoke so real and the way the crowd reacted to him shocked me i was shocked and so at that time and i met him backstage and he was you know charming and funny and that was cool to me at the time because this is still just celebrity apprentice did he try in anything my mind. uh trumpy on he you? did not he did no. not he didn't say anything weird um that that kind of stuff came much later but he was his message resonated with me in terms of how he made people, everybody around him, feel like he was just one of them, which was shocking because here he is, this. Yeah. What? So what? What, what was that message? Like what? I, I try, as someone on this side of the fence, to <clears> understand <throat> his appeal, and the only thing I ever yeah. come up with is he spewed racist shit, and that spoke to them. I, I can't get. I can't get anywhere else. So yeah, th that's fair, but. The message was more of 
you know, he was dropping curse words. He was talking about how, you know, politicians are just such bullshit. He wants to run the country like a business. Which is um, ironic, considering how many he businesses he's bankrupted. Yeah. Very true. But he hadn't started with the drain the swamp and right. lock her up oh, stuff. How easily we forget point. all his greatest hits. Uh, yeah. Drain the swamp. But truly, so that, yeah. Yeah, look at that. Um, and so that was how it, he resonated with me at first. Uh, and so from then on, I started doing more events mm -hmm. with him. That's how it In started. your book, uh, I'll take your questions now, what I saw at the Trump White House. Uh, there's a quote. At the White House, Trump was the distant, erratic father we all wanted to please. I read that and I'm like, you guys all had daddy issues? Is that what it was all about? Like this insanity that is, that is now going on seven years is because a bunch of people had some daddy issues? Is that it? I did. I did. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I did. I, I grew up with um, some abuse in my life. And for me, I've learned now that that was, I mean, you know, if he was mad, I, I personally... Not everybody. I think everybody is going to have right. their own reasons. Some people were there for power. Some, I mean, it's just everybody's going to have their own reasons. For me, when he was pissed off, I looking back, I can't believe how scared I was of him. And I know that sounds stupid, but it's no. Just we we all now I know about his his violent outbursts, and like I mean, it's easily understandable. You know, and just watching. You know, what, I, do you remember I, when like. Uh, he would be in a room with his cabinet and it would be televised and everybody in the room had to go around kissing his ass. Like, it was so apparent yes. that it was a, a, yes. a very abusive situation that these people, even on the highest levels of government, were absolutely terrified of this guy. I, I get it. Yeah, his his anger was swift and it was it could be cruel. And so for me, again, personally, if he got pissed, I I would either disappear and not see him for a couple of days if I could, or I would, you know, do anything I could to, to put him in a good mood again, which best basically means saying, you know, your polling's great, everything's great, the mm -hmm. news is great, and to get back in your mm -hmm. good graces. You've taken a... And I cringe yeah. saying that now, by the way, I do. You've taken a lot of uh, heat over the years for not doing press conferences when you were press secretary. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, press briefings. Uh, actually, I think that was started by Sarah Sanders, your predecessor, towards the end of her tenure. Um, you wrote in your book, quote, I knew that sooner or later the president would want me to tell the public something that was not true or that would make me sound like a lunatic. Uh, on ja in January of 2019, Trump tweeted, the reason Sarah Sanders does not go to the podium much anymore is that the press covers her so rudely and inaccurately in particular, certain members of the press. I told her not to bother. The word gets out anyway. So you sort of imply that like it was your decision. He's saying like he told Sarah Sanders not to do it. I think we all kind of know that like if you didn't do press conferences, press briefings, it was probably because he told you not to do them, not because it was your decision. Yeah, that was that was well, that was the agreement before I took the job. So when I took the job, um, the other thing people forget is I had three full-time jobs. So I was, I filled two top communications jobs on the West wing side. And I was still Mrs. Trump's press person on the East East wing side. And so the agreement was if I were going to have all those jobs, 
that I, that the non-press briefings would continue. Because you're right, Sarah had stopped them six months before. Well, the president had stopped them six months before with Sarah. And that was our agreement. We we agreed. Um, and he he felt that they were useless. He said to me, I'm out there talking to them, you know, four or five times a day anyway, which I agreed. And that was mm -hmm. the agreement. What was the most uh, categorically bizarre moments you experienced in the White House? F first with Donald and then Melania. I mean, I, to me, I'm, I'm seeing bleach, but I'm going to ask you what, what was your craziest moments. Um, it's, I, I, first of all, you can't, I can't say, oh, this one, there were so many. And it's funny because as I talk more, certain things will come up and, uh, you know, the other day, I don't even remember what it was about now, but the other day a reporter was like, whoa, how did that not make it in your book? And I'm like, I, these, there was so much, um, you know, in injecting bleach so has to be it has to be in the top two or three no like well, of, of i mean you're course. watching the united states the... president live looking and like so if we the bleach like if we put the bleach in and clean out the like i watched that and i thought he just jumped the shark like that is there's no nothing he could do or say ever that will sound more fucking crazy than that and and deborah burks looked the same I was exact in the way. East wing at that oh go ahead Oh, yeah, she did. I remember that once it made the rounds. But I was in the East Wing. I had gone back to the East Wing at that point. Of course, I heard him about him saying it. But, um, you know, I was so disconnected and disenchanted and disgusted at that point, being back in the East Wing, that I think I had kind of shut everything off and basically thought, fuck you, West Wing. And so for me, well, of course, when I heard about it, I was like, what in the hell? That given given you, like, I have to ask you, given your, because this is something I always think every day, like, wh where would it ever end? Like, given what you said before, you know, about your childhood and abuse and, and your fear of Trump and right. blah, 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 and everybody, if he had said to you, Stephanie, I want you to inject bleach, what would you have done? <laughs> no, I would not inject bleach. I don't know. Body. I mean, I look at everything that goes on. I'm like, no. I wouldn't think anyone would have done any of this shit, but they do. Like, you know, Jim I Jones know, got right, everybody to no, drink cyanide. I, I they did have. that and they all died. Like, I, where does the cultism well, end? Like, when, when do people say no? And it's, you know, I mean, to answer that question, really, honestly, I think people, some people would be like, okay, yeah, I'll do that tonight. And yeah, just if you do it, do it, I'll do it. And that's no, I, but that, the, it's a good point to bring up is people, he would ask people to do things right. all the time, not, not inject bleach necessarily, but anything. And we'd all be like, okay, yeah. I think Stephen Miller, that. by the way, actually did inject bleach. That's my theory, but I, I don't, I have no proof, <laughs> so I can't say that for sure. And be careful because they've got some big, you know, pot of money now they're suing yeah. everything. And, and, and I'm sure Steve Bannon has injected yourself. other stuff, which I have no proof oh, with, but I'm going to... I don't even want to know. Yeah. Um, so what about I Melania? Besides yeah. liking some nobody libtards tweet, what what is the craziest thing you've witnessed her do? Well, that's what was so interesting about Melania. She's She's... She's almost robotic in how she doesn't do anything. Um, she, I mean, she didn't do a whole lot as first lady, but nothing crazy. I mean, for me, I think the craziest thing, and I'm not sure, I write about this in my book. Um, when the Stormy Daniels news hit, 
she and I went to Mar-a-Lago, just the two of us, and we were there for the weekend. And I reached out to her and asked her if she wanted to go, like, take a walk on the beach with me. Like, just, I was saying it as a friend. I was trying to, I've been cheated on myself, so I was trying to just be like, hey, do you want to go sit in the sun and say, screw all men? And I remember she wrote back and was like, okay, will you have paparazzi there to get a picture? And I remember being like, wait, what? No, huh? So um, that was odd to me because it was a moment where I was trying to just be a human with her. And, you know, it was all about the photo op, um, which I came to learn, you know, the whole Trump family is like that photo op, photo op. So I think that would mm. be the craziest thing. She was very controlled, very private, even with as close as I thought we were. She didn't really do crazy. And are you so... At one point, there was a whole like you know, free Melania. She's this poor woman. She blah blah blah. Are you, uh, clearly, you're not in the free Melania camp. I mean, I, I've always thought she's as complicit no. as. I mean, he's. She's as bad as he is. They're two partners in crime, she, and literally. She yeah she's she's got a great life, you know what I mean. She she's they live very separate lives. She you know gets to spend all that money. Um, and to live on all the different properties and take care of her son, which she is a good mom, I'll say that. Um, and she gets mm -hmm. to do what she wants. You know? I, I was, so I, I, there's no free Melania. I was asked by a friend to ask you this. Her past. Was she an <laughs> escort or a full-on prostitute, in your opinion? Oh, I have no Everybody idea wants about to know any that. of that. Everyone think, wants to know that. I, mean, I, need I, to don't, know. I don't know the answer. I just... Well, I, I mean, don't you know, know we, we criticize Michelle say, Obama for wearing a sleeveless dress. I think we should know whether the former first lady was in the sex we, industry. But. We never, ever talked about her, her her past. We never did, ever. Not even like the modeling pictures. Yeah. We never I don't care. About my that. friend was very, yeah. my friend was very interested. Well, tell your <laughs> friend I'm sorry that I don't have an answer. <laughs> uh, maybe we can dial up Melania. She seems to like what I have to say. Um, yeah, me, me too. Me too lately. <laughs> so three weeks ago, I tweeted the following. I said, I'm still livid at all the people who worked in the Trump administration, aides, cabinet members, etc., and Republicans in Congress who could have stopped this monster, but wet their fucking pants in fear instead. They violated their oath as public servants and as men and women. You, surprisingly, you retweeted that. And you said, I think this is a fair slash valid statement by Andy Ostroy. But unless the cabinet invoked the 25th Amendment, nothing would have happened. The news cycle was such that a chief of staff uh, leaving was maybe a week of coverage. The choice for many was to leave or stay and try to keep things reasonably sane. Now, that seems to be the, the conventional wisdom by all the former Trump people. Like, if, if I left, who was going to stay and stop the insanity? And maybe within the circles that you traveled in <clears throat> as a you know, at that time, and even still, um, I, I could see how that could maybe make sense to you. But to outsiders, it it, it just always sounded um, kind of lame, you know, like uh, mm -hmm. you guys should have invoked the, the 25th, you know, like that's what it's there for. You should have, you know, 10 of you should have said to Mike Pence, we need to meet right now and get this maniac out of the Oval Office because he's going to destroy America. I mean, there was sort of talk of that like three months, I think, after he became, two or three months after he became president. But yet the insanity was allowed and enabled uh, 
for so many years after that. And it's hard for even people like me who try to truly understand everything. And I've made mistakes in my life too. So I don't, I try not to be too judgmental of people, but part of me feels like the reason, and a lot of people I think agree, that feels like the reason we're where we are today, where this cancer is still eroding the nation is because it was almost like at best, a bunch of people were cowardly or at worst, worst, they were complicit and enabling. What do you what do you say to the people who feel that way? Well, I think they're they're right to a degree. I think I was all three of those things. I, I think I was a coward and I think I was complicit. And I do think I enabled. I mean, there's no getting around that, and especially looking back. But you know, and and I see how that explanation is maybe, you know, sounds lame, as you just said, but half the country. I mean, and we could get into electoral mm-hmm. or not, but half the country voted him into office. That he he won, he legitimately won in 2016. And I think that for the cabinet and Pence, and I don't know this, I really don't. I think for them, they had to weigh what it would do to the country. Maybe and maybe in the beginning they thought, well, what would it do to the country if we do this? Not foreseeing where the country would be now. Um, and then at the end, I imagine when there was talk about it, again, I would imagine that it was, what would this do to the country? We only have, you know, a month left. Let's just get him out of here. Um, looking back now, I wish I would have gone. But but also, I know for a fact, had I gone to any chief of staff, um, including Mick Mulvaney, who I'm very close to and respect a lot and including John Kelly, I know they would have been like, Stephanie, that's not going to happen. And if you can't serve as president, then leave. That just seems, it just seems crazy. But I can understand like if there was one or two things, like people get in a room like, yeah, yeah, but maybe, you know, standing on a stage with Putin and saying, why would he do this? There's no reason. Like, uh, okay, maybe. But like you said before, there was so much shit and then, like, that moment of, should we inject the bleach? Put the bleach in? Like, if that wasn't the moment where people, during a, a pandemic, where people are in trucks, freezer trucks, like, say, okay, we're out of here. This is it. This has to end right now. Like, to never get to that point just seems kind of crazy. I, 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 well, I agree with you, but I'll push back. I think that, you know, for people on the left, it's easy to say that seems kind of crazy, but we still had half of a country that would have erupted. And when you look at what happened at the Capitol, I don't know what would have happened. And I think, I I can't read minds, but I think that people at the highest levels, the cabinet and the VP had had to think of those things. That's all I can think of personally, was that you still had half the country to consider. You guys would have been like, yeah, you know, hell yeah, get this crazy man out of here. What would the other half of the country do? The people who felt he spoke for them and who really still believe no, in it's him? It's a fair point. I, I don't think we should ever in this country not do the right thing because we fear violence or retribution on some level. But, but I agree. I do I agree. think that if you and Kelly and Mattis and this one, whoever was around at that time, or just all of you together, did a joint press conference and said, I know you voted for this man. I know you believed in him, but 
collectively here, there's a thousand years of experience on national defense, national security, et cetera, et cetera, state department, blah, blah, blah. He lied. He cheated. He deceived you. It's not what you think, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know. I, I just... Right or left, I think uh, uh, I think that would have been. But we're doing that now. Yeah, no, no, and I. So many are doing I think it that's, now. Yeah. And look, I mean, a lot of people are doing it now, and that's it important. Feels, but but no, no, no. That's I'm not saying that. I'm not like patting myself on the back saying, but we're doing it now. No, no, I'm saying, so many of us are doing it now, um, and it's not fun to be doing this. I to bet. get our asses kicked mm-hmm. every day and threats, whatever. But look at how he's doing he's still the leader of the republic i mean it but it's feels, shrinking a it lot well he's still the leader of the cult but there's a lot of people who've left that yes. side of the tracks and his cult yes. is much and i smaller. say i do believe because I of people because and, of people I, like and you and rick smith and this one and steve schmidt and blah 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 and nicole wallace and whoever else that yeah. used to be you know, uh, George Conway, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, there was a lot of people who yeah. are speaking out and are speaking to the people in the middle and, and the moderate Republicans. And, you know, and even there are some of the crazies that, you know, you see them at rallies being interviewed. And when they get asked certain questions, like it's almost, you know, like when a dog goes like this, when you, hmm, like some of them are starting to see that there's no logic into a lot of this. But I think you're right. There's a very big group that is still with him. But um, that group, I think, is, 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 is shrinking because of what people like you are doing. And that's really important. You know, you, you've, since resigning on the eve of the insurrection, um, you have apologized up the wazoo, which is great. You know, in your book, you said, I'm ashamed to say that I lost sight of what I was there to do, which was to serve the country, you know, and, and more than once. Uh, you have expressed considerable remorse, embarrassment, shame, regret. Uh, and I, like I said at the open, I really, I appreciate that. But what do you say to the non-believers, the people who are like, yeah, she's just trying to rehabilitate her career, or she's promoting a book. Um, what do you say to those people? I, I mean, that's fair. That's I understand, but I'm not rehabilitating anything. I mean, there are the, there are people out there who will never believe me, and it would be much easier for me to start an animal sanctuary and never speak out and just disappear. That that is what I ultimately want to do, and that would be much easier and a lot more peaceful. Um, and I'm not promoting. I mean, my book came out a year ago, actually, almost exactly a year ago. I'm really not, when I do any interviews, I never ask people to mention the title of my book, show a graphic mm-hmm. of my book. Um, it, when I do hits on CNN, I don't ever, that's not something I ever ask for. Um, I don't get paid to go on CNN. So I'm not out here making, you know, tons of money at all. And it would actually be easier to not say anything. I'm being sued right now for defamation. Um the Trump world, the things they have been trying to do to me and to my family have been very difficult. A lot of the stories they've been trying to to pass around and some of them they've been they've gotten out there that, you know, I'm a, I have a drinking problem and this and that. So I, I say to those people, this isn't fun. It's not fun. I'm not out here. I'm mm-hmm. not rehabilitating my image. I mean, the right the right doesn't like me and the left mm-hmm. doesn't like me. If I had just gone away, maybe I could have. <laughs> saved a little mm-hmm. of that 
that's that's all I've got. But I mm-hmm. understand. I mean, I understand that that's what pe- some people are going to say. And all I can do is keep showing by my actions. And so, as I mentioned before, you, your actions are very different than a lot of people who were on the inside who still are drinking that Kool-Aid. What brought you to that point of, no, I, at whatever the cost to me personally, I've got to speak out and consistently speak out against Trump and Trumpism. What was your turning point? Why are you here today talking to me? Why are you doing what you do? Um, I mean, the, the turning point was the day of the insurrection. That's the day I, I actually, uh, resigned. I was the first person to resign. That was, that was where not, when I broke. Um, but I had been trying to resign for a few months prior to that. Um, I, you know, this is where it's like very self-serving, but I had gotten so close to the Trumps, I thought. And um, which would, by the way, which would repulse they, most people. But I just have to say that I just said some, that's something I can't personally I, I understand. But no, I know. And that's what I said. This doesn't re- reflect. This does not reflect well on me. And I think that's how, you know, I'm being mm-hmm. honest is that I say these things that doesn't it's not it's nonsensical. But anyway, at the end, um, some things happened with Mark Meadows and some personal things happened with me that they they did nothing. They they just did nothing. And um, I asked Mrs. Trump specifically for help a few different times, and they just kept letting these things happen to me. So I had I had been trying to resign um, over that, and that's selfish. That's all about me. I was upset that they were allowing things to happen to me. Um, and then the day of the insurrection, when you know she refused to tweet, I just was like, I, anything I had with her that I thought she was reasonable is gone now and I need to get out of here. And um, that was what made me leave. And then the notion of him becoming president again is what's making me Mm -hmm. speak out. I mean, I want people to know that, yeah, a lot of people fucked up and enabled him and this can't happen again though. Like I know people are still looking in the past and saying, but, 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 but I am truly focused on the midterms and the presidential election because you know he's he's trying to get people in very down ballot races that will be very significant Mm -hmm. potentially and you know if we think the first trump administration was crazy a second trump administration when he doesn't have to worry about being reelected, where i can't imagine who's going to go and work for him or who will be in his cabinet this time because it won't matter. I mean, he doesn't have to worry about well, being my pillow elected. guy will probably be will Secretary be, of State, you know, like I'm not seriously no seriously.com guy it will be, be defense secretary or whatever. I mean so how do you prevent yeah. how do you prevent something like this from happening again? Because to me, it's all about this outrageously phenomenal fealty to Trump that so many uh, previously smart principled upstanding respectable people with legacies were so willing to throw those legacies away because of this uh, sycophantic fealty to a lying self-consumed dangerous traitor who will never ever return even an ounce of that loyalty are those people not would they not exist again like a different set of people who really will just get on the same track and follow the same path so how do we stop yeah. that? How do we oh, stop absolutely. this from I mean, happening again? 
Well, me personally, I believe, I mean, I've been trying to speak to people such as yourself one-on-one and reach, you know, an audience of people to make By the way, I have to interrupt you. There's like two flies having sex on my computer right now. I don't know what the hell is happening. Well, cue some music. (laughs) That's the weirdest thing I ever, like two flies. It's like, hey, you don't mind if we screw (laughs) right now, do you? (laughs) Wow. That is the craziest thing that ever happened. I've never seen fly porn but anyway um well, there you go yeah it's a first for everything i'm honored to be a part oh of this God. with and you my uh co-producer and, and engineer extraordinaire maddie just snapped him with some kind of tennis racket looking thing that just murdered oh a- yeah the electric yeah. thing yeah you got he should get a Jesus. salt gun did i have you a kill salt both gun of them here in kansas like did they die like mid-sex or something oh my god <laughs> this is what Look, what a way to go. Look, look at what's happening here. Like, I, I feel like I'm... It's a salt gun. What, I've got one. What That's is a Lauren salt gun. Lauren Bobert? What is... I've what got is... one. They're, they're fantastic. They're Jesus. so fun. Oh, my God. I wish the people at home can see what I was just holding. It's like a... I don't know. It was like a, a super soaker for Toy. flies or something. Yes. Jesus Christ. That was a crazy moment. Um so, yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but it's just about people not doing no, what okay. they did before. But I don't know. I don't know if that's could stop that. I, I think, look, no, I think it's about talking to people about the implications of what is to come. I think, look, I don't think anybody can deny that our country was in chaos for four years. At the very least, it was just fucking exhausting. And, you know, we were made fun of on a national scale or international scale, excuse me. And I think reminding people of that, but also again, looking forward and trying to explain to people, you know, what these elections could do. If there's secretaries of state in states that can decertify elections and only put in the people they want, not who actually won, that's terrifying. That's important. Um, You know, Arizona comes to mind. I'm doing some things with Arizona to try very hard to stop the woman mm-hmm. running for governor and the man running for secretary of state there. So I think things like that, you know, it's not sexy and it's taking forever because you do have to kind of do it small people at a time um, because group think doesn't seem mm-hmm. to want to open up their minds and try to accept some, some stuff. But it starts um, with the, pe- it's, I, I agree with you. And it also starts with people, the voters. I mean, I want to play something for you. Uh, something you said on the view a few months ago. If I were to leave, I'm a single mom who needs a job. And yeah. let me tell you, mm. no one was going to hire me, good, bad, or ugly, after two years, three years, four years. I, I had to think about that. Mm. But my point is now, I messed up. I am sorry. I will say that till the, the end of time. But I want to give people an off-ramp. And I'm going to do everything I can to educate people, not talk down to them, educate people about who he really is, yeah. that he is a con man, that it is a cult-like thing, and that it's okay to just get off. Yeah, I, I, I totally get the single mom thing. So I, 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 I do empathize with that. But more importantly, the, the second part of that quote, do you think you can get to those people? Like, I feel like some of them have been gotten to, but like that core, the people that would one day be completely, utterly heartbroken if they knew just how much that man lied to them and, and projected onto them everything he's done but accuses the other side of doing like they would be heartbroken but can they ever be reached do you think i mean there's going to be a core of people that cannot be reached 
that all. Um, but I believe, yes, I do believe there are people who can be peeled away. And I do believe, like, I'm very careful to not talk about Trump supporters as crazies or um, I, I try not to do that. I really, because I was one of them and I try to come at people with an understanding of like, yes, hey, I believed in him too. I actually did believe in him for a period of time. And I'm telling you what I saw with my own eyes. I'm not lying right now. Um, and I do believe reasonable people, I was reasonable or I am reasonable and I was there. So I have to believe that others can be too. And mm -hmm. I, for me, again, I, you know, it's hard because when there, there's a lot of people I've come to really respect who are like, who are like you, you know, who say like, I'm just so pissed at all of you who helped him fuck off. And for most people, then you're going to dig your, your natural uh, tendency is going to be to dig your heel in and then say, well, you fuck off and then stick to your your side, the right side. I'm trying to come at it as I get it. Yes, um, because I want other Trump people to see that, like a person like you and I can actually have a good conversation and it's not that scary. Um, yeah. and, and for the record, you know, I'm I'm actually the opposite. I'm not in the fuck off camp. I'm in the all right, let's put it doesn't matter what you did yesterday. What what matters is what you're doing today, because today we're completely, utterly aligned. You know, Liz Cheney, I don't agree with anything that woman says or does politically, but you bet your ass like she and I today are 100 percent united on the most important thing that matters. And that's protecting yes. and defending our rule of law and our democracy. Um, so <clears throat> you mentioned something about how you speak to the Trump people. Um, recently, Joe Biden got in a little bit of trouble on from, from certain parts of our society because he called the MAGAs semi-fascists. I was angry at him for saying the word semi because I don't think I see anything semi about it. I think they're full-on fascists. What about you? Was he wrong to say that? Do you think they're fascists? I think that... <laughs> There, there's a, a section of Trump supporters who are very, very extreme, and I'll leave it at that. I, I was bummed out that he said it because, to quote um, Top Gun, like you, you got to be doing it better and cleaner than the other guy. I really believe that right now. Um, and again, I think that right or wrong, human nature is if you call me, or even not me, I don't feel like he called me a semi-fascist, but you still get this knee-jerk reaction of, I've got to circle up with my Republican pals now. Look at what Joe Biden is doing. And so for me, I was disappointed he said it. I understood where he was coming from. But I just think rhetoric right now, because of Donald Trump, frankly, is something we have to be so careful of. And again, we're hanging, you know, in a, and I don't think we should kiss ass and tiptoe around things. I, I don't. But Again, the, the elections are so important. And I think, again, just human nature is to suddenly try to stick with your own if you feel like you're being ostracized in any way. Well, I mean, one of the reasons, one of the way, the best ways to get out the vote is to scare people about the realities of what exists. And sometimes, like you say, you can't sugarcoat things. You can't. I mean, look, if you just, this is, this is fact. You know, you have 24-7 lies and propaganda. You have spreading wild conspiracies, scapegoating, attacks on the media, attacks on the courts, attacks on law enforcement, threats of imprisoning political opponents, inciting violence, 
causing deadly insurrections, attempts to overturn elections, threats of more violence if they don't get their way. That sounds an awful lot like fascism. That is fascism. And, and so yet- if we are facing fascism and, and, and the demise of our democracy, then it's kind of hard to skirt around that, you know, to not upset certain people. No? Um, yes, I, I agree. But I think that I guess I'm coming at it from just a human nature. Like, I don't think everybody thinks that logically mm-hmm. and sadly. And That's look, I've always been accused of being too logical. That's part of my weakness is not <laughs> understanding the nuance of people, uh, people, humans. People. Um, all right. I want to I want to I know we're winding down towards the end here, but I want to go. I want to shift to a lightning round if you can with a yes or no. Okay. Yes or no. Is Trump a sexual predator? Yes. Is Trump a sociopath? Yes. Is Trump a racist? No. Hmm. Is Trump corrupt? Yes. Is Trump a traitor? Yes. I, Johnny, I think we've got a winner. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I disagree on the racist thing, but we don't have to get into that. Uh, and I want to be clear, those are my opinions. No, I share your opinions. Uh, well, waiting, I just again, percent. waiting to get sued again. <laughs> yeah, well, no, you can't look the opinion. You can't you can't get sued over an opinion. Well, you can. I mean, people can sue anybody for anything. Literally being, well, I'm being sued over an opinion ago. piece. Yes. <laughs> um, quick midterms prediction. Democrats going to keep the House? I don't think Democrats will keep the House. I think I think they'll keep the Senate or get the Senate. But mm-hmm. I don't think they'll keep the House. No, I think it'll flip. Trump going to be indicted? I don't think so. I hope so. No, you just ruined my day. I know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean run- is he running again? See, I, this one changes every single hour for me. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that. Honestly, every single hour it changes. I, I mean, as of right now, yes, I think to avoid prosecution. And I don't think his ego could handle somebody emerging as the new kind of face of the Republican Party. So as of but now, can his ego yes. handle getting trounced i mean look he didn't win in 2020 he's gonna nope. get trounced this time trounced because he go handle that he'll just say it was stolen again i mean Good he answer. will he just that's the world he, we live in yes it was stolen. he just was stolen even down. more this time bigger fraud more bigger widespread fraud, fraud. Oh, yeah my god yeah you really did ruin I, my day i'm sorry that's all right um, the last thing I want to ask you, we here in the back room, we really want to get into like a, a window into someone's soul. And, uh, there's no better way to do that than through music. Oh, so who boy. are your top five musical artists of all time? Oh gosh. Um, Queen, Matchbox 20, Justin Bieber, Elton John. That's all I can think of right now. Those are the top four. Come on, four. I got one more. Oh, Lord. Um, <clears throat> Beatles. No, I know. I'm not. No, oh I don't think so. I know. I've got Bieber, but no Beatles. I love Justin Bieber, and I. More will than the not Beatles? Be yes. Oh my God. Okay. Well, All my right. little boy grew up loving him. You had so. me up until the music question. Now you lost. Oh, me. shoot. Come on. Queen's Damn. good. Queen's good. Queen's great. Yeah. Bieber? Elton John's great. Bieber? No. 
Don't hate on Bieber. He has a the great beeves? message. He's got a great message of peace and unity. I shouldn't. I shouldn't uh, uh, criticize. I'm, I actually am going to see Harry Styles next week. Oh, nice! With a, are you taking I know that a sounds child? really creepy, but I have a young daughter, and I was going to say like you're a taking a songs, child. So. I am taking okay. a teenager. So that was my reasoning. My young son really liked young Justin Bieber. So, so you went. So, so you like Bieber because of your son. Kind of, well, I like his of. music. I really do like his music. And as an adult, I've enjoyed, you know, he, like so many of us, made so many mistakes and has come out good. And he's yeah. got a great message now about peace and against racism and about kindness. And I just, yeah, I think it's been, it's been amazing to watch him grow up. And I do really do like his music. So interesting thing about Bieber, do, since you're on Twitter a lot, do you know the Twitter handle God? Uh-uh. There's a Twitter handle, God. I think he's got like a million, I don't know, a ton of followers. He only, or she, only follows one person, and that person is Justin Bieber. Oh, I'll be following God <laughs> as soon Pretty as crazy. we're done here. <laughs> Stephanie, you've been, uh, you've been great. Again, I want to say uh, you don't have to do this kind of stuff, but you are doing it. There's a lot of cowards who are slithering under their rocks. Uh, some of whom are still wearing handcuffs now, like Steve Bannon, who will apparently go to their graves defending that monster. And uh, you have made your decision, uh, for whatever reasons you've made them, to uh, get on the right side of history. And I just want to say again, I appreciate you doing that. A lot of people, I know you take a lot of shit, but a lot of people appreciate what you're doing and others are doing. And, and we hope you'll continue. And we hope we'll see a, a much better outcome in the next 12 months of, of things that uh, are a little bit of a challenge right now. So thanks I again. I couldn't agree more. Thank you very much. It was fun. Take care. So there you have it. Episode 15 in the can. We'd love to hear your thoughts. So leave us a message at 845-307-7446 or email us at backroomandy at gmail.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Andy Osborne. Thank you to my co-producer, engineer, and editor, Maddie Rosenberg. Our Jane of all trades, Jen Hamoud, Cricket Langell for our logo design, Andy Hollander for our kick-ass music, Patricia Wynn and the Epicurean for literally the back room studio. And a big thank you again to our guest, Stephanie Grisham. So keep your eyes on Washington, Hollywood, and your own backyards, and we hope you'll join us again next time. Have a great week.